Cutting through an overload of information to get to the heart of the story. This is The Point. A city known for its cold winters has become the hottest internet celebrity city in China. Harbin, capital of northeastern Heilongjiang province, found sudden fame since mid-December last year and became the place to be for tourists around China. During the three-day New Year holiday, the city received over 3 million people, generating more than $800 million in revenue, exceeding pre-COVID levels. And this is at least the second time that social media thrusted a city into the spotlight. What explains such a phenomenon? What does it say about the changes taking place in Chinese society? Are we going to witness more cities going viral in the future? Welcome to this special edition of The Point with me, Li Xin, coming to you from Beijing. I'm pleased to be joined from Shenzhen, southern China, by Lee Barrett, a British vlogger who just spent eight days in Harbin. From Beijing, by Yang Xiyu, a political analyst who is native to Harbin, and by Paul Dong, co-founder of A Asia Limited, a consulting firm. I'm also pleased to be joined from Shenyang, another city in northeast China, by Mario Cavaro, author and non-resident senior fellow at the Center for China and Globalization. He has lived there for six years. Gentlemen, welcome to the point. So where is Harbin? The northernmost provincial capital of China, Harbin, is known as the Ice City with its long winters and snow-related activities. The province of Heilongjiang shares a long border with Russia and the city was actually built with the help of Russian immigrants, hence its Western-style architecture, earning it the nicknames Oriental Moscow or Oriental Paris. Here, visitors stroll between the Eastern Orthodox St. Sophia Cathedral and the cobblestone Central Street, or along the Songhua River lined with ice-coated trees every winter. An international ice and snow festival is held here featuring huge frozen sculptures attracting hundreds of thousands of people. This year, however, Harbin has gone viral in China. Tourists from all over the country, especially the milder southern China, have been flocking here like never before. Businesses more than doubled for the hospitality sector during the three-day New Year holiday. There have been over 30 trending topics on the Chinese social media platform Weibo about Harbin. On Douyin, for instance, the Chinese version of TikTok, views for videos with the Hashtag Harbin Culture and Tourism exceeded 140 million. Now, Harbin also made international headlines, a rare spectacle for the city on China's northeastern Rust Belt, struggling to revitalize its economy. So let's talk about Harbin and what is all the craze about. Lee, you have just, as I said, mm -hmm. spent eight days in Harbin finding out about the city by yourself. Exactly. How hot is Harbin? It was very busy. I was there, I, I arrived on the, I think it was the 11th or the 12th of December, which is actually some time before it really gets going. And I was absolutely shocked at just how many tourists were there already. And the reason I went early, I wanted to capture some video and film of them actually building it because I think I think I'd seen a lot on the internet from previous years of the ice and snow festival already in operation but I really wanted to see how they constructed it and I was able to do that by by going early 
And I was lucky enough to be there on the first opening night, which was actually a soft opening. They actually let me inside. And I was just absolutely gobsmacked by, by what I saw. I mean, I've seen it on the internet previous to, to go in there. I've always wanted to go there for many, many years. But I was just absolutely gobsmacked by the sheer size and spectacle of it. I mean, it's, it's absolutely amazing how on earth they construct something on such a massive scale in such a short amount of time. It's just amazing, really. Mm. So you have actually witnessed how the virality developed, right? Because you said you went there even before things got really hot on the social media. Uh, could you tell us exactly what happened? How attention got the city, <laughs> you know, an undiscovered gem, let's say, in northeast China, all of a sudden to stardom? Yeah, well, I think obviously a lot of it is down to, to videos spreading on social media because I think there's a lot of people who are aware of the Ice and Snow Festival. I don't think they're aware how just, you know, a huge spectacle is. I mean, when I put my video up, um, that's now got close to 4 million views on on various Chinese social platforms. And one of the things that many of the commenters says is just how excited and I think that gives like other people the, the will to, to also want to go and experience it themselves. And I actually said in my video, I says, you know, you can watch this on video, but you just don't get the feeling of actually being there. Um, and that's something that really struck me, just the, the enormity of it when I was actually there. And that's very difficult to get from watching uh, video footage. You need to actually be there yourself. And I think that's what's you know, uh, spurred a lot of people to, to actually go themselves. Mm -hmm. So basically you're mentioning two things. One is the place is exciting already. The stuff mm -hmm. is there. And secondly is the possibility of social media, right? The, the, the sheer mm -hmm. uh, prevalence of social media and digital technology enabled the gem to be, to be undiscovered. Um, Mario, let me go to you. You have uh, been living in Shenyang, which is also in Northeast China, but luckily <laughs> or unluckily, not yet been favored by such internet attention. Um, how do you think made it possible for a city to be lifted out of mundane or, you know, the state of being among the other tourist cities in China to all of a sudden a huge, huge hit for a couple of days. I was strolling in my social media video platforms and everything I saw was about Harbin. I have a, there's a mystery on uh, about this. About three months ago, there was a very important government meeting that was in about developing the Northeast, about moving the focus back to revitalizing the Northeast. And that meeting, that government meeting took place in Harbin. And that government meeting included a visit and speech on this topic of it's time to focus and revitalize the Northeast again by none other than Xi Jinping himself. Now, I don't know how much influence that might have something to do with it. You know, about two weeks after that meeting happened, all of a sudden, one of my close friends who is a longtime, very active businessman here in Shenyang, local Shenyang guy and mm -hmm. dear friend of mine, and he called me up and he goes, there's a huge government meeting to promote Shenyang and Liaoning. We have to go. We have to go. I mean, everybody jumped up and went, whoa, we got marching orders, you know. So I wondered the degree because that's on the government side. I want the, the degree to which that might have something to do with what's going on.
Mm -hmm. Well, let's ask one of the locos or uh, the loco during our show, Mr. Yang. And uh, first of all, the northern Chinese people are known mm -hmm. to be even a, a different kind of, um, I wouldn't say species, but a different kind of people. They have their own way of thinking. They have their own accents, which are very, very different. Could you describe the northern culture, northeastern culture, in contrast to the southern culture of China for our international audience first? If you take a comparison between uh, northern Chinese or northeastern Chinese like me and uh, southern Chinese like Guangzhou, Shenzhenese... Like or, me. Or, <laughs> yeah, I'm, like you. I'm from southern say, China. Uh, I would say you and I, there are two basic uh, differences. Okay. One is easy going for northern Chinese. In my knowledge, for southern Chinese like you, if I was uh, the person first meet you, you always have to keep a cautious uh, method to approach me, although friendly, but uh, cautious. Mm. But uh, I'm not the Chinese, no any sense of cautious. Okay. Uh, they if open I up to immediately. You, it's too cold. Yes. Let's not waste time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very frank. Mm. That is not in Chinese. And the other way is very warm-hearted. Even no matter it's a close friends or uh, new friends. And uh, I think okay. that is not the only reason for the famous this time. I think for the uh, hottest part for this year, because of the three fundamental reasons, uh, somebody say hardware, software, and operation. Hardware is very, uh, no, you, you, you just mentioned, oh, it's a Oriental Moscow, Oriental Paris. <laughs> it's a long, long time nickname. Yeah. Even before I was born, many Chinese say, oh, here was a Oriental Moscow, here was a Oriental Paris. That's hardware, many resources for tourists. Mm -hmm. And the software, I need to say, very imp greatly improved rules-based tourist market order this mm. year. I think for the most important reason is the operation, the, the third factor, operation. The festival of uh, Ice World has been more than 10 years, but why this year it becomes so hard? Yeah. Because different operations from before. And uh, basically, you mentioned, uh, uh, my colleagues all mentioned uh, the web, uh, hot pause, and you mentioned uh, the government, you mentioned uh, the uh, the comments from the web. I think, uh, in short, the operation is composed by both governmental efforts and uh, the local guys' contribution. Okay, let me go to my fourth guest, uh, Paul, for your take. You have been a sports enthusiast and sports commentator. In terms of is that how you see the thing? Is because of the newfound zest or love for winter sports that also kind of helped um, channel people's enthusiasm for the city? Yes, Eugene, I was just about to dispute your question <laughs> that you threw to Mr. Yang that, you know, the generalization so roughly, you know, dividing northern Chinese and southern Chinese, you know, for such a large country. I am from northern China, I'm from Beijing. I can't say that I'm anything similar to people in the, in the Northeast. And you yourself are from Jiangsu. And if you look back, you have a vast land to the south of Jiangsu. 
including Guangzhou, Hunan, and many other places, and then they are very different from yourself. Yeah. And I think now when we talk about winter sports, and when we talk about ice and snow tourism, and we need to be very, very specific. And you can't say, you know, southern people rushing to the north or, or vice versa. I think we need to be try to be as precise as possible mm-hmm. okay. because we have a national strategy called high quality development. What does that mean? You know, you also experienced very phenomenal booms in the past over the last 40 plus years. There are a lot of miracles, uh, phenomenal things happening somewhere in China. But now when you are happy for Harbin to have something like this, and you also want to have, you want to ask some questions some about breakdowns, about details, so that Harbin can sustain that miracle, can take it to the next 12 months or the next uh, winter and then winters to come. And we also want to see how sustainable that 300 million people who have tried some kind of sports on ice or snow back in 2022 and then last winter, and now obviously trying to match that number. And then we should let the world know how many of those skiing and skating lovers would be ready to go back to the rink and slope every time. We understand very probably this winter around, there are a lot of first time visitors of Harbin. Yeah. But how many of them will be going back to Harbin next winter? Well, and yeah. that's the question. That's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. I mean, I appreciate your asking that, but uh, for now, um, I think people are still in the middle of seeing this miracle happening and and link and you know still happening in Northeast China and and wondering what happened you know what did people do right this time if it's sustainable who knows I mean, maybe maybe not I would be okay. I would be even more pleased to hear that Shenyang also benefited without being at the expense I mean you know Harbin's uh, boom is at the expense of Shenyang okay that's not we something hear- we want to. Yeah, we'll find out about that in just a moment. But Lee, do you think the boom is good for the city, is what the city is desperately needing and uh, for the local economy? And is it a problem that it may not be sustainable? First of all, I think it's it's very good for the city. Even when I was there at the, the very early stages, it was super busy. You know, I, I tried to get in a number of restaurants and, and couldn't get in. And that's just one thing. They they have a very famous brand of, of ice cream um, and, and ice lolly in the yeah. city. The queue was huge just to buy that ice cream. Um, so I think it is good for the city. I think to make it sustainable, they will have to make it bigger and better each year. Now, from what I understand, you know, this year's was the the biggest and the best. They've recently had the big Ferris wheel. So again, that's a major attraction. I didn't actually go on that because the queuing time was quite quite long. But I think I think each year they will have to bring something to the festival that is kind of new or different to, to keep people going back. I mean, personally, I've wanted to go there for a very, very long time. I've been coming to China for almost 20 years and it's been on my sort of wish list for many, many years. And then 
COVID came along, which prevented me from going. So this year was the first time I was really able to go and I went and I was very, very impressed. It, it, it really, you know, gobsmacked me. And I think I will go back. I'd like to go back with my family. I went alone this time because um, it was more to actually do a filming expedition there. Whereas I think if I, I go next year, I won't do so much filming and I'll go and, and take the family. So mm. I think I think a sustainability thing is they have to keep bringing something new. Yeah, well, fame is a hard thing to sustain anyway, but it's good that you have it in the first place, uh, to my, not, to my understanding. Sure. And then, you know, you keep building on it, you keep trying to wing it back. And now there's a competition, as far as I understand. All cities in China want to get famous so that they can attract <laughs> more tourists. And there's a competition and they even interact with each other. For instance, the Tourism Bureau of one place would send a message, right? Would shout out to, to tourists from another place and, you know, come to, for instance, to come back to southern or for northerners to come to southern China and enjoy themselves. For the neighboring mm -hmm. cities, though, Shenyang, for instance, which is also in northeast China, uh, Mario, to your knowledge, what has been the impact on Shenyang or what has Shenyang been watching and thinking all the time? Sure. And, and I I'll have to try and, and make my sarcastic attempt to spoil the show and say that Harbin doesn't hold a candle to Shenyang. There's so because there's so many things there really and truly is. Um, for example, the European, American and German chambers. Now, you know, here in Shenyang, because of BMW, especially the automotive industry, there's a huge German foreign community. And the, all the chambers are getting together, have gotten together this year to do this enormous tournament. And it's a winter sports tournament. It's ice, ice curling, which is something that I've never heard of. So there's a giant ice curling tournament. And literally no more than a kilometer from my house, we're all familiar with the original Aoti Zhongxin, the original Olympics stadium here in Huinan, where we live from the Olympics, uh, I forget the year, but of course the Beijing Olympics. Well, some of those events took place here in Liaoning at the Olympic Stadium. And this year, right, uh, every year, the entire grounds of the Olympic Stadium area, which is enormous, I think it's about a one kilometer square block of the city here in Huinan, is transformed into, I will give credit to Harbin, a mini ice city area, a little mini winter wonderland that we go to every year. And it's amazing and wonderful that people learn to adapt to here, here in Shenyang, the idea that there's wonderful, happy life and economic opportunity and growth at 15 below zero. I mean, you know, that that that's a, a mental, uh, a psychological block that you have to get over. Put on the right clothes, get outside, and you see all of these things happening economically. Plus, half an, only half an hour from here, Bai Qingjai Ski Resort, uh, a little bit further away out in Chipanshan, two more ski resorts. It's just incredible to understand all of these things are the winter-only economy, and then Come March, April, everything I just described to you literally just disappears and we move into a different, the different seasons of the year. That's pretty amazing. I still think it is beyond me how public attention can transform a place and yet it seems uh, more, much more than just an accident. You know, people don't pick just any place and, and have fun there. And they have created all of these slang words or uh, viral memes, for instance, in, in for the city of Harbin, they've shortened the name of the city from Harbin to Arbin to show the intimacy or, or to get the feeling of intimacy for the city because that sounds like taking 
the family name of just calling someone by the given name. Mr. Yang, mm -hmm. how do you look at the memes that have been uh, made of your home city, for instance, the, the name of Arbin, your hometown is no longer known as Harbin, it's known as Arbin, and all of the, you know, the words, for instance, spoiling, basically it means that the city government and the city tourism authority especially are spoiling the tourists from everywhere. They're catering excessively to their needs. And then the words such as unparalleled good fortune, right? I don't know whether you're up to date with all of these. Uh, even for me, that's completely mm. new ideas. I mean, what does it mean to have unparalleled fortune splashing all over you? <laughs> you know, what does that all say about the kind of changes that are taking place because of the social media availability in China? Well, I think uh, the name you mentioned uh, from Harbin to Erbin clearly means many people, including foreign visitors and the local Chinese, love Harbin more than before. Harbin is a very formal name. And when they remove the so-called family name, only call the given name, that means they look Harbin as one of their members of the family. So that re, uh, reflects the, the loveness of more and more people to Harbin. So why has happened? Before that, no such a name. But this year, because the very unique operation, different from themselves before, also different from the other cities of China. I think the uh, operation, uh, not only on the web, a very, man, a very uh, excellent management uh, on the web, and also the administration on the tourist market. They make the tourist market not as a market, but as a pleasant place to the operate, to operating the market as a pleasant place. Hmm. And then everybody loves the place, the market effects emerge and increase. So this is why this winter happening because the hottest than anyone else even hotter than themselves before. Now, I think the operation is very important. Paul, I'm coming back to you, and we have four minutes left. Um, so what does that say about the, the kind of uh, vitality, probably, or maybe you see something different, of the Chinese economy? And within the Chinese society, it seems that there's this torrent of energy of people yes. via their cell phone that you know it's been that it can be unleashed and bringing tangible changes to a city and maybe next day next month there will be some other cities in northeast china or, or southwest china it doesn't matter but there is a torrent of attention of energy sustained by people's consumption power and will and 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 desire for a good life and for good fun yes absolutely i agree i think uh, i would say that may represent a kind of lifestyle change, which is still, you know, changing. And you just made the uh, comparison at the beginning of the show between Zibo for the uh, barbecue festival and now the ice festival or a winter sports festival in Harbin, which will be playing the host of the winter Asian games in 2025, yeah. uh, 30 years after Harbin played the host for the very first time. So I, I would also suspect that the overwhelming majority of the travelers from all over China to Harbin this time around are very, very young people. And they are so easily influenced by the memes and by what's happening online. And also physically, I, I understand the, even the highest 
temperature in Harbin would be minus 20. And that's the weather for the young people, absolutely. Harbin should grab this opportunity to learn from itself by analyzing all those facts and data to figure out how to attract tourists in other seasons from spring to summer to autumn so that they can demonstrate the potential charisma or uh, attractions of Harbin. And that will make people finding the lifestyle change can be very, very mobile, Mm -hmm. cannot be confined to only one place, no matter where you originally are from. Yeah. Well, Lee, finally, finally, um, do Uh you also see this as a kind of new way of interaction between the authorities and the Chinese people? Their needs are expressed via social media and they react to that needs very swiftly, earning the respect and the love of of the netizens and, and turning things into a positive cycle. Absolutely. I mean, you know, social media, especially with young people, they live their life on social media and this is their foremost means of communication. So if the the authorities um, in various cities can can connect to especially those younger people on social media, I think that's a great way of engaging with potential customers to your city, let's say. All right. We have to leave it there. Many thanks to my guests, uh, Lee Barrett. Dong Jing, Paul Dong, uh, Yang Xiyu, and Mario Cavallo. Joining us for this very special edition of The Point with me, Lushin. As always, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter using the handle Lushin in Beijing. We've got The Point. We all enter this world with a universal greeting. <laughs> we then learn to speak. Though our languages, cultures and traditions may differ, we still share one thing in common. We have hope for humanity and the world. Hear the difference. Join our global network to connect with the world. The strong wind was howling and whistling. He was the first Chinese citizen to graduate from Yale University in the mid-19th century. I was born on the 17th of November. She had prominent features. Three of us were old enough to lend a helping hand. He navigated between two vastly different cultures and moved further to realize his dream and promote understanding between the people of China and the United States. Ye Mingxing was a native of Hamyang. I realized no danger. China is really awakening. Come and join us in discovering the incredible journey of Yong Wang in his autobiography, My Life in China and America. Check out the Audible stories on radio.cgtn.com and all major podcast platforms. Just search for the podcast Books and Beyond and find My Life in China and America.